The opinions expressed on this podcast are not meant to be disseminated as medical advice. If you need additional clarification or have questions, consult a mental health professional in your area. Hello. <laughs> you are out of control for context. We're recording this right after the Wrong and Wronger episode where Steve had clearly had too much wine. And in the intervening 30 seconds, he apparently has not sobered up at all. But this is the podcast where we try to solve your long-running relationship issues in 10 minutes or less. I'm James Breakwell, the comedy writer. He's Steve Olivas, the drunk guy. How are you today, Steve? I'm feeling good. I don't know about you. Well, I hope you take that looseness into this question, and actually, for that, it's weirdly appropriate. Here we go. Hey, James and Steve. I'm an introvert, but I often find myself in situations that require small talk, which I'm horrible with. During conversations, I'm always the listener and uh, contribute little to nothing, which makes me feel bad and antisocial. My question is, what's your um, go-to topic for small talk? And is there a way to make myself better at small talk and interacting with other human beings? Thanks, and looking forward to your guidance, your fellow awkward human. Human. He said fellow awkward. He thinks we're both awkward too. So we're starting I off with. Gonna... Yeah, it's it, it, it's an it's an insult, and it's also accurate. So uh, let's go from there. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, what I was just ramping up to say was the opposite. So he's sort of saying too. This is a. Is this a male? I don't know if he yes, said his I, name. Yes, I believe okay. it is a male, yes. Um, but he said he did say fellow awkward, but he also made the assumption that you and I are good at small talk, like he's seeking out our advice on the subject. So <laughs> he needs to pick a direction. That's true. But you know what? We can, we can be conflicting here. I mean, I'm certain that we'll give advice that contradicts itself like six times in the next ten minutes. <laughs> well, the question itself reflects the problem. Insofar as I don't, when I, I do coach people with social anxiety on how to do this kind of thing, and the bottom line is don't go in with any preloaded topics or it's going to sound like you went in with a preloaded topic. So don't have like a note card. Uh, you can. You can certainly go with something like sports or current events or movies and pop culture kind of stuff. But my advice is always, if you're not the talker, you're more the listener, then use that to your advantage and go with whatever topic the other person brings up. If they bring up something that you know nothing about, stay interested. Ask questions instead of contribute. You'll find little areas where you might be able to relate to something the person says. If they say something on a topic that you do have some knowledge about, you don't have to now dominate when you take control of the floor. You can just kind of like dart in, say what you need to say, and then throw it back to the other person. And if you ever get stuck... If they ever say something to you and you don't know what to do with it, what ends up happening for people that have social anxiety is the emotion of that anxiety in that moment overwhelms their ability to think. So what I tell people is buy time and say the phrase, uh, one of two phrases, depending if it's they say something or ask you something, either say, boy, that's a really interesting point. Like, just give yourself time, but also stroke their ego. Or say, wow, what a great question. Like, uh, same thing. You're buying yourself a little time and stroking their ego. And then uh, just take a breath. Give yourself a couple beats to think and respond. But if it's not thrown to you, like I said, you can just dart in and kind of add a little quip and then throw it back to the other person. Be like, yeah, or, you know, or there you go. 
or just something that takes the pressure off of you. Because if you're with a talker, nine times out of 10, especially if you stroke their ego, they are going to kind of puff up and want to re-enter and now control the floor again. So little techniques that keep you out of the hot seat are probably better suited than a preloaded topic. I agree with that. And I'm actually, uh, the, oh. there's a... Uh... There are a couple books out there, and this might be overshooting the question writer's uh, desire for information. I think he's trying to do the bare minimum to get through social situations, but I think he's also he also wants to, to get through those social situations coming off like he's not awkward, coming off like he's perhaps a charismatic person or at least a baseline sociable person. And uh, the one book, I've actually listened to it like three times, and it's uh, shockingly, I'm going to recommend a book that I didn't write and that Steve didn't write, so I make zero dollars off of this whatsoever. Uh, What? It's it's called uh, The Charisma Myth by Olivia Fox. I actually had to Google it while you were talking, which was much better than listening to whatever it is you had to say. (laughs) And uh, the, the core premise is that being charismatic with other people is not something you're born with. It's not something that nat- it comes natural necessarily. It's a learned skill. You can learn to uh, be charismatic in the same way that you can learn to code at a computer, that you can learn to ride a bike, that you can learn to play Halo. Uh, and some of the things they go into, essentially, the core premise is you really can't fake your emotions because we can- so much of our communication is nonverbal. So much of our communication is in microfacial expressions that we're not smart enough to control it. We're not good enough actors to control every single thing about that. So the first thing you have to do is if you want other people to like you back is you have to like them. You have Mm. to, like when somebody's talking, don't sit there thinking, oh my gosh, I can't wait for them to finish up. Oh my gosh, what am I going to say? Think I'm about, so glad you can't see me right now well, but okay. Think a positive thought about them. Think, I wish them well because of this. So, for example, you know, I can't stand Steve at all. But, like, as he's sitting there, you know, I might think, you know, I, you know, I'm really glad that he helps people in his psychology practice and through this podcast. And I think that's a really great thing that he's doing. And when you think something positive about somebody, your body language and your expressions reflect that. Uh, the next thing, um, and this is, uh, this is something I cannot master, even after three times through the book. Um, what? So it's, you have to pause before you speak. And I can't do it. Uh, because some you, especially this podcast, so you, know, you you finish and I jump in, or we talk over each other. And if I don't jump, in, well, actually, maybe it wouldn't work so much in this podcast because with you and I, if I don't say something, that's your cue to keep going. Right. And, right. But in a normal conversation, I get and I, I've witnessed this. Apparently, Bill Clinton was really good at this. Uh, he would you'd talk to him and he would finish and he'd just be silent. And you're like, did you hear what I said? And then he would talk. And that pause made it think, made it seem like he was really carefully considering what you had said. And like what you had said was the most profound thing in the world. I've got a cousin who kind of does this too. I couldn't figure out why he was so charismatic, why I always like talking to him, why everybody thinks he's such a people person. And I think he does this pause. After I finish blurting out whatever I'm going to blurt out, he doesn't <laughs> jump right in. There's a noticeable pregnant pause and then he Ooh. says something, and it's not unrelated. It, like It's on the conversation, and you come away with the impression that, holy cow, he was carefully considering what I was saying. 
he really cares. Uh, and then the last thing is, and I, I don't think this is from the Charisma Method. There's a, what it, it's like I think it's a Dale Carnegie book, and I, I don't remember for sure what the title is, but it's from like the 19, 1910s or 1920s. It's been around for forever. Is that you know the thing people like the most is talking about themselves. You know they're yeah. their favorite topic. So find out it's not so much you have to direct it to what you like, but what do they like. So you, you bounce the conversation back and forth. You, you figure out, what as you're talking back and forth, what are they passionate about? What do they bring up? Ask them more questions about that. Have that pregnant pause in there. Think a positive thought about them. And then I guess the other thing with just any basic conversation is don't just go into interview mode. So after you have this pause, you ask them a question, they say something, they're engaged, offer some information about yourself. You know, say, oh, so you like this. Well, I did something that was kind of like that once and I really enjoyed it. And then you turn it back around and ask them a follow-up question while throwing in some stuff of your own. So you don't have to have canned responses. You kind of just have a, you have a system, you have an engineer you build for this and you can fake your way through being charismatic and you might find at the end of it after you ask them about their interests after they talk to you passionately about it after they like you that you act what is that did that come through on the on the recording or was that wow i don't know but holy cow that was like an electric peacock that's mrs steve is that we're it's raining like heck we're sitting on the porch me and mrs steve with the dog and we're watching four deer just walked up to the feeder and uh uh, whatever that was, it was close to the porch. Mrs. Steve is going to investigate. Oh, that was... There that was a scream in the darkness last night, too. I was like, is somebody killing a bird? What was that? So that was... I thought that was like some kind of electronic noise. That was like... That no. was biological. That was biological, yeah. Holy cow. This uh, this I podcast know. just went in a whole <laughs> new direction. So that, that sound we hear, sometimes we hear like weird interference and only you and I can hear it. It doesn't get picked up on our microphones. I think that's going to come through in the recording. I'm going to have to go back through and listen to like 10 seconds of this episode to hear that again. That was disturbing and violent. I could hurt my eardrums. We've got a doe that's about to give birth, and we were speculating she may that might have been like a birth scream, like she Man. was in pain giving birth last night. But it's we we don't see one right now, so it's not that it's not that particular doe at least. Holy cow! Well, go find out what animal is dying, or you know, make sure there's not a murderer in your bushes. <laughs> in the meantime, I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. Uh, if you have a question about your relationship, uh, send it in to James Breakwell at explodingunicorn.com. That's exploding unicorn with the e. It doesn't have to be a marriage question. It could be parent, child, platonic coworkers, or just your general relationship with humanity at large. This has been another week of 10 minutes to save your marriage, and that's 10 minutes of your life you'll never get back.